My name is Gabriel Analis. I'm a sports reporter for the Daily Emerald, and you listen to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Emerald Football Podcast, where we talk Oregon football. Per usual, I am joined by Sean Meadow. How's it going, Jack? Pretty good. I am Jack Butler. Uh, no Maverick Palak this week, as he is on a cruise in Alaska. That lucky guy. So jealous. Yep. Seeing bears. And moose. Uh, the plural is moose. But is it? Okay, no. <laughs> I wish. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> but the Ducks wrapped up uh, the home season, I guess. Uh, home schedule played their their final game in Austin this season final game for the seniors as well then they got the victory wasn't prettiest but Owens a win 31 to 29 over Herm Edwards Sun Devils um no great Herm quotes after the game that I heard of just disappointing that's just unfortunate yeah you know honestly probably pretty hard to repeat you know you play to win the game you're never going to be better than that. If they, a, if they won, maybe there would have been some epic quotes. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. They lost that. I'm pretty sure they lost that uh, that Jets game that he was yelling at that reporter. Uh, that's probably why he was so angry. But in this game, he certainly would have uh, a, a reason to be a little angry as Arizona State was pretty sloppy all around. Not a great performance by them on either side of the ball they did a lot better in the second half on defense uh, some of that you could say was again Oregon being a little consistent on offense inconsistent on offense which we've seen I mean essentially week in week out in conference play and and it it didn't seem like they had any jitters this time they seemed to come out really fast at home but for whatever reason in the second half again they were pretty they were pretty slow and and pretty much wanted to give the game to Arizona State Herbert you know I think with like 13 th- passing yards in the second half 13 passing yards in the second half but he you know they were they were driving to try and control the clock I think you know maybe with like three minutes left it was or, or something around there and and Herbert throws this interception he was scrambling to his left he kind of tries to dump it off to I think a tight end, Jacob Breland, I might be wrong on that, but tries to dump it off. It's tipped up in the air, and Arizona State catches it, and it was like almost this sort of same kind of thing with what happened with Stanford and C.J. Verdell almost sometimes. It was like, you know, not quite the same, not quite as drastic, but, you know, now all of a sudden Arizona State's got this opportunity to drive down and win the game uh, as Oregon turns the ball over with, you know, Justin Herbert, a quarterback who – um, wow, has been inconsistent, is pretty much, you know, pretty good at not turning the ball over. Uh, that's definitely, like, maybe his best attribute is just the fact that he keeps the ball pretty safe, but he turns it over, and but but Arizona State, and credit to Oregon's defense, but Arizona State just couldn't capitalize, and I, I think both teams kicking themselves. Obviously, Arizona State lost, so they're going to kick themselves because they had an opportunity in the second half to take control, but Oregon kicking themselves because they almost gave it up. And they really could have. That two-point conversion, if that goes through for Arizona State and they get that score, then 
that's a whole different final couple minutes of the game there. And it was a different different vibe to that second half for sure from Oregon than the first, which is kind of a flip from what the Arizona game and the or not even the Arizona game. That was just all bad, I think. But the Washington State game where Oregon came out slow in the first half and then the second half kind of picked it back up. So this is kind of a contradiction, and Oregon's been really good at home, and Jack, we talked about this on the podcast last week, about being how consistently good they've been at home in that sense versus on the road. They've just been just really poor, but this game was different, and I don't know what happened in that second half and in in Oregon, but that team just kind of fell off, and I don't even think it was necessarily that Arizona State put in another gear I think it was just Oregon kind of let off the gas and maybe tapped on the brake a little too hard and that's what ended up giving Arizona State that fighting chance but uh, Oregon closed that game out in the end which I think is a good change and you know when they start running that ball with two minutes left you you might be getting flashbacks to that Stanford game when CJ Verdell fumbled but Herbert takes a knee runs that clock down to zero (laughs) a little bit of a different story so Oregon gets that win, and I th- I think that that's a really, really good feeling in the end for them that they do hang on to win because closing out games has been so tough for them this season. So that in itself, that's at least a positive they can take going into Oregon State next week and, and then into a bowl game later in December. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, a lot of credit has to go towards Oregon's defense they made the plays that they needed to make down the stretch. I mean, when when Herbert threw that interception, you know, it, it was a two-point game and but you know, Arizona State, you know, four plays couldn't get a they couldn't they couldn't get a first down. So, I mean, we kind of saw Oregon's defense do a pretty good job of of holding Nikhil Harry. Um I mean, he still had big numbers, but I mean, they they went to him a lot more. He had a lot of targets, and, I mean, overall, Thomas Graham Jr., Ugo Amadi, those guys in the secondary did a pretty good job, and that was kind of a question we had coming in, just given Oregon's ability or, I mean, lack thereof a little bit. I mean, they were, like, towards the bottom of the Pac-12 in terms of pass defense, and, and I think overall they did a pretty good job of holding Arizona State's passing attack, which isn't their strength, but at the same time, uh, you know, I mean, Manny Wilkins only... It's a strength when you have a really good receiver like Harry. Though. Yeah, but he was, I mean, he was less than 50%. He was 15 of 32. Which I get, yeah. With only, with only 5.7 yards per pass. And, cre- and credit great. to Thomas Graham Jr. He had, he had a couple of big plays, especially on one-on-one, which he hasn't been so good this year. He's been burned quite a few times. And he, he did get burned on... Yeah, I mean, like at the end of the day, you know, Nikhil Harry may very well be the best wide receiver in the Pac-12. Maybe Dylan Mitchell or J.J. Arcega-Whiteside might have something to say about that. But, you know, he's certainly up there and he's certainly a top prospect and may very well go in the first round of the NFL draft. And and look, seven receptions, 105 yards, that's that's always a really good game from a quarterback. But uh, he certainly wasn't dominant. And and when you're holding – Arizona State's rushing to 3.5 yards per carry total. And, I mean, you know, Benjamin did well, but, again, he's one of the top backs in the in the Pac-12. Like, you, you they kind of limited those explosive plays that those guys were able to make. It never felt like one of those guys was just in control the whole time. It felt like 
Arizona State really had to work to score. And, you know, sometimes we hadn't seen that, and, and they had allowed Oregon secondary had allowed some big plays in the passing game, but, you know, there was only a couple every now and then. It really felt like Arizona State could never quite get a get a rhythm on offense, and, and, the, and part of it, you know, part of what they were able to do scoring-wise was because Oregon was turning the ball over. I mean, Herbert, two interceptions. Ugo Amati had the muffed punt, uh, which, I mean, Arizona State was not able to capitalize on, I don't think. But at the same time, like, Oregon definitely gave them opportunities to win the game. Uh, but Arizona State couldn't take advantage, and Oregon's defense put in tough situations by the offense. Uh, was, did, a, did a good job in and and we hadn't seen that. I mean, Oregon's defense was kind of starting to go towards the bottom of of the Pac-12 in terms of overall yards per game, rushing yards per game, passing yards per game, all, all that stuff. They weren't quite forcing as many turnovers and interceptions as they were earlier in the year. So, uh, I think for me, I walk away actually a real positive for this Oregon defense, and still a lot to improve on, at least consistency-wise on offense. But but we knew that with the offense going into the game. Yeah, but you know, I mean. How many weeks? I, I don't know. You know, how many weeks in a row can it be the the same story? I, I guess this is just who they are. I guess I mean we we knew this maybe weeks ago, but at the same time, it seems like every week you would think something would change, right? It's one half is never the same as the other half. It's like what within a game, what's happening? Not you know, it's not like one game they're really solid, and then the next week they're flat. It's like one half they're solid. One half they're flat. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like what is, well, like what? I don't know. Does does play calling change? It doesn't seem like it changes that much. Does I I don't know. Like do they just you know? And it's not even necessarily a first half versus the second half thing. Sometimes we've seen. Uh, I think sometimes it's more home and away. Uh, they seem to just be nowhere to be found in first half of road games, and then they seem to come out really strong on home. But I, I mean, I don't know what you. <laughs> think about it or if you have any reason or or if they've really commented other than generic coach speak on it I you know I I can't think too much about what they've said in these past couple weeks I don't know what you think but there's it just kind of puzzles me it it all comes yeah you're right coach speak that's the only explanation that's being given to us so we we just have to watch it and kind of see how it unfolds in that sense each week it it does feel like it's the same story every time. So, I don't know. Justin Herbert's inconsistency in that pass game yesterday is is maybe something concerning. Uh, yeah, there there are times when he and he and Mitchell were on the different pages. Yeah, like it like, seems like sometimes he's on Herbert or receivers are sometimes on different pages. I don't know if maybe Herbert. There was one play on. A, it was like a just a straight sprint down the yeah, was the right like, sideline, I mean, it and seemed it, the like throw a was behind route. Him. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you know someone. Ne- someone next to me was like, "Whose fault was that?" Because it seemed like Herbert thought Mitchell was gonna do a little hook, but you know, like I seemed like Herbert threw it to Mitchell's back shoulder, and Mitchell just kind of kept running. So it's like, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the play was, but you know, even Herbert and Mitchell, the the two reliable guys that always seem to be on the same page, you know, they they missed each other more than once, and. Yeah, not a, I mean, not an overall game, good game from Justin Herbert. I think he's, he was 55% completion percentage, which is, you know, not what you want uh, from a top college quarterback. It's not something you'd expect, and it it's kind of a, a weird 
trend, even if you do look at Herbert's completion percentage, it's it's ninth in the in the Pac-12. I mean, he's only completing you know 59 percent of his passes, which is not what you want. You kind of want to be up in the mid 60s to really be a, a real proficient offense, and certainly a guy who's expected to be a top NFL prospect. It's not necessarily the numbers you want. Some of that is I think they are really aggressive in the passing game. I mean, you look at guys like Gardner Minshew is at 70% completion percentage at Washington State. Okay, obviously their passing game is, you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'd like to see how many of those are completed within 5, 10 yards, and I think Oregon's passing game is really aggressive, and they throw yeah, yeah. downfield, but at the same is. time, that you kind of live and die by it. They do live and die by it, but I think Herbert going to some other options as well was – kind that's of a promising positive. that's very much a positive I think CJ Verdell on the passing game is is something special he went touchdown. to him on third down yeah the touchdown he went to him on third down I think twice right and went one for two on those attempts something like, uh, that. Something like that and then uh, Jalen Red led the team with receptions so there's that promise as well but I mean Justin Collins got a Huge catch. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, whoa, <laughs> Justin Collins. That was a surprise, I think, a pleasant yeah. surprise. And Johnny Johnson made three receptions. So yeah, the- I mean, good to see Johnny Johnson present. Absolutely. Seeing I him mean, on the stat sheet is a good He's change. a big – I mean, I think he's somebody they kind of miss. His athletic ability, is, his ability to you know separate seems to be there. He seems to – at least early in the season, he was getting open down the field. Now maybe teams schemed for that, but he certainly had a little bit of a drop issue and – and I think he maybe, I know Jalen Red had a, he dropped a touchdown. Jalen Red dropped a Absolutely. touchdown. Absolutely, right up the middle, the, yeah. the deep ball. I saw Jim Levitt just sprinting, <laughs> sprinting up and down the sideline <laughs> after that, just like he started sprinting when you could see Red was open, and then for essentially what would have been a touchdown, and then he drops it, and he just keeps sprinting <laughs> across the entire sideline. But, yeah, I mean, look, getting getting other guys more involved besides Ryan the, Bay got a catch, but Jacob Breland didn't. So the only tight end. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, to, you know, doesn't but seem like tight ends are really tight ends aren't the. They don't the really go-to. have a receiving threat of a tight end. I think that probably left when Cam McCormick maybe you know went out for the season with his leg injury. But it was good to see them spread it around. I mean, it didn't always, you know, the passing game wasn't always crisp. But at the same time, it was good to see them hit other options besides just going to and, and staring at Dylan, Dylan Mitchell every time. It was pretty good to see, you know, if you're Oregon's offense, it was pretty good to see Jalen Red and, and involved. And honestly, if they can get the running backs more involved in the passing game, because they were essentially non-existent in the passing game in the first part of the season, if they can get them a part of the passing game, that, that actually should open up a lot. And Travis Dye, who I, I know he didn't have a catch, but, you know, Travis Dye, C.J. Riddell, guys that are pretty good in open space. So Yeah, and I mean – Hey, Tony Brooks James has been in the past at least an option on the the passing game, but yeah. obviously being a senior, not going to see that next year. But he could have been involved in that. So at least the the running backs are getting plays drawn up for them to make some catches, and I think that's something that Oregon can look yeah. at. It was definitely it was positive. definitely a part of the offense that I think they could have you know something that they hadn't used early in the year, like like I said. But it was definitely something in the offense that could have expanded on utilized a little more and uh, i mean i think they have obviously it, it worked really well against arizona state but we'll see how it works uh in the upcoming civil war oregon state two and nine i believe old lone pac-12 win a, a pretty 
epic comeback against Colorado at Colorado. Now Colorado's really fallen off a cliff. They just fired their coach, Mike McIntyre, but uh, a win's a win, especially if you've been Oregon State for the past two, three years. Those haven't come easy, and certainly I think that snapped like a four-year Pac-12 road losing streak, which we talked, which we've discussed on this podcast. Oregon's road Pac-12 struggles, but Oregon State has and is far worse. But through and through a, a pretty, and this one is in Corvallis this year. This one through and through a pretty. A pretty bad Oregon State team. I mean, two and nine. Obviously, the record shows that. But also, just you know, if you're organizing stats, they're they're pretty much at the bottom of every category. Uh, the one that stands out to me is, I think, in conference play, they've only had one interception. Their defense, <laughs> like they, <laughs> they don't. They're allowing the most yards per game uh, by. But is far, this is this by, really surprising? By far, by almost a hundred yards per game defensively in conference play, and then they only have one interception, and they're tied for UCLA for last in uh, sacks, and they have no defensive touchdowns. So really, we're talking about Oregon's offensive struggles. We've talked about their offensive struggles on the road. If they struggle here, <laughs> that is the ultimate sign of concern because. Through and through, both passing and rushing, this Oregon State, they're a little better against the past. They're, against the past, they're not the worst, but uh, they have not been good against the run this year. So I don't really know what your key matchup is or what your keys are because through and through, Oregon is, Oregon's is, superior. is, is, is superior in literally every category. But I think this is a chance for Oregon to try some stuff out. I think it's one oh. of the... I think I think at some point Ultimate in this game, disrespect. absolutely. <laughs> at some point in in this game, it's going to be a huge margin. I assume that's my take on it. I think it should be that. And Oregon can try some stuff out, get some players downfield. Herbert can start trying to air some things out, and some other players can get some plays Put called Blake for them. Maimon in at quarterback. I mean, yeah, he's been the most efficient quarterback for this Ducks team. True, one for one. But. This team <laughs> should have had a touchdown, or yeah. or could I mean could have could have oh it should have been it, it should have been it shouldn't have been converted turnover on downs because the UCLA guy missed the tackle and I mean on credit, Jacob Breeland credit on the, to Jacob Breeland for kick. breaking the tackle yeah. but yeah 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 anyway I I think this is a chance for Oregon to really try some stuff out because this is a different team than that Helfrich team that lost at Reeser Stadium a few years ago it's a different Oregon State team at least the way that the season's going for both teams so I think Oregon's going to come out with a big win in this game. And it's something that Oregon can look at as a chance to try some different plays. Arroyo can call some different plays, and this team can try some things out that it hasn't used yet. And I think Justin Herbert can uh, bump his stats up a little bit for the year, I guess. And uh, Dylan Mitchell. <laughs> so it's that kind of game. It's a stats game. And I think you give the ball to some running backs like Travis Dye, who got a lot of carries in that yeah, game he was really good against Arizona State, against Arizona and he was State. really good. So you give him that go again. Get his confidence up there, and then you try and work on some stuff that you want to improve for this bowl game. This is a tune-up for a bowl game. That's how I look at this game. Uh, for the Red Box advance. Bowl, uh, what could be the Red Box Bowl? We don't know which bowl yet. Yeah, uh, probably. Is that the, the most probable right now? I would assume. I think so. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, it's a tune-up. That's how I look at it. And uh, it's, without any disrespect to Oregon State, really, it's yeah, just, it's a lot of disrespect. 
<laughs> okay, it is, but but they've earned it. it. They they've exactly they've done nothing to prove differently other than that Colorado game. But is Col- Colorado's not as good as Colorado's they were. Colorado's not very good. So there you have so. it. But Colorado, man, that game was wild. But yeah, look, I mean, Oregon State. I mean, their defense is the worst in the Pac-12. The offense isn't that much better in, in conference play. They're 10th in yards per game ahead of Colorado and Cal. And they actually do have some pretty good weapons. Jamar Jefferson is a running back averaging six yards per carry. They, they've got Jake Lutton isn't. You know, he's a guy you got to respect as a quarterback. I mean, he needed 63, completing 63% of his passes. He's eight touchdowns to two interceptions. I mean, that's he doesn't turn the ball over too much. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, you, you got to keep your eyes on. And, and they've got, uh, you know, a couple weapons offensively that are actually pretty dangerous, but overall just can't really string it together. And, and that offensive line can be a little suspect at times, but. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of a game where Oregon really should roll in there and and dominate, but do they have any first-half offensive struggles? Like, they seem to just not be able to put it together on the road, even though this is a bus ride instead of a flight. Wow, that's actually a good point. Maybe maybe sleeping in their own beds will do the trick. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> that might be the trick, but I think that I think that they'll be fine. This is a road game, yes, but it's still a game that is against a really lackluster opponent. They should not have the troubles that they've had on the road at Arizona and Washington State and everyone else. But they will, I think, come out with a big enough win. That first half is going to be telling, though. You're right. I think that's something to watch for. And I think Oregon have an opportunity to kind of walk in and do whatever it wants. I I honestly don't see that much of a, a struggle that... What the road games today were this year were what Cal, Washington State, Arizona, and Utah for Oregon, yeah, for Oregon, yeah. They so they beat Cal, they lost to Washington State, they lost, they lost to, Arizona, to Arizona, and they lost to Utah. Utah. So there you go. I think Arizona that's the bad loss of those road losses in comparison. Hear me out because Washington State, you looked at me. Yeah, no, no, no. Washington I, I just State, see where this goes. Washington State has turned into what has become the top, best team in the Pac 12. They are now number seven in today's AP poll. We're recording this on Sunday if no one already knew that. Um, and then Utah, Pac 12 South champs. Could be. No, I think they got it officially yesterday. Yeah. So there you go. The away, the road losses in the end. Don't look as bad as they were because Utah, Pac-12 South champs, and Washington State could be Pac-12 North champs, yeah, but they're the they right do. now the best team in the Pac-12. So I, I look at it like, hey, there's really one bad loss on the road in Arizona, in comparison, that is. Those games it's in its own right were bad losses. You don't think Utah... With a backup quarterback and a backup running back. It was a bad loss. I absolutely agree. But I'm saying in the grand, grand, grand scheme of things, when you mm. bring it down to just that game, terrible well, loss because that's well, a backup well, quarterback and a backup is, running back. But then, but that. That's just my devil's advocacy right there as to why those losses aren't as bad. I do think Utah um, is a yeah, worse loss than Arizona. I'm confused. <laughs> my devil's advocacy for Oregon. I don't think Utah is a worse loss than. Arizona because they got absolutely smacked by Arizona, but 
at the same time, you know, you, Utah with the backup quarterback and a backup, backup running, running back, back can get that that done. That was tough. That was an opportunity. I mean, Oregon. I'm assuming they're going to beat Oregon State. Technically, we haven't gotten to predictions yet, uh, but going to end the season eight and four. Could have been nine and three, and nine and three. Do you remember what you said at the beginning of the season? Do you remember what your? No, we did it on the first podcast. I remember mine because I said eight wins is what we expect. Nine would be a hey, that was a good season. Ten would be that was a heck of a season, great year. So I think I said ten and. That's two. how I said. Really? I, I said nine wins. That uh, was my I don't prediction. Exactly. Remember, I remember taking the over, and I think the over was like eight and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, nine and three. It's an opportunity to end your season with 10 wins depending on the bowl but I don't know I I mean I think that Utah loss wasn't great because Utah was hurting a little and their field goal kicker won them the game but at the same time if Oregon's offense had just done a little bit better and I know that Utah defense is is quite good but just a little bit extra and you win that game but those inconsistencies just kind of kind of couldn't get them there so I think we've come to the conclusion easily that Oregon's will uh, Oregon will win this game against Oregon State. Doesn't sound <laughs> really? like you're going to think you think it's going to be close. Um, again, this is Sunday at one, so no real opening lines out. I'm yet. saying no I'm saying the line will be like line. twenty-three and a half. Twenty-three. Oh, guess the lines. I like this. Twenty-three and a half. I'm gonna say it's it's. You think it's higher than that? It's fifteen. Oh, it's 15? 15 is okay. the line. <laughs> I'm going to say 15 is the line. That's a good guess. And I'm going to say Oregon wins by 15. Oregon wins by 15. <laughs> Do you want to give a score, Fourth. or is that even... Oh, God. Just um, to put one on record. I don't know. I, I I don't like score predictions. Neither do I. As I think you know this. Um, But I don't know. Oregon 34, Oregon State 17. There's fine. I don't know. Sure. Okay. Oregon wins. By 17? They win the unofficial platypus trophy. Ooh. They, the uh, unofficial don't, platypus They trophy. avenge two years ago, kind of, not really, because that will never go away, uh, but they avenged their loss in Corvallis two years ago, and Mark Helfert still got canned, uh, and he, he's not coming back. So. 42-17, Oregon. Easy. That was my prediction coming into this morning, so... Hasn't changed. Hasn't changed. What? This podcast hasn't this convinced podcast me This hasn't convinced you that this will be a super close game down to the wire, double no. OT. and the viewers on Fox Sports 1 will be flicking the remote at halftime Fox to something Sports else. One. 1 o'clock 1 o'clock off. on a Friday, by the way, day after Thanksgiving. So They'll be going to the mall. Eat Black your Friday leftovers. Shopping. No, that's in the morning. No, good point. Get up in the morning, hit Toys R Us RIP, JK. <laughs> um, but, uh, Too soon. <laughs> Yeah, too soon. Um, get up in the morning, watch it at 1, 1 p.m. Friday. You'll be covering that. I will be there, yes. Fat and all from Thanksgiving. Uh, to listen to more podcasts from the Emerald Podcast Network, you can go to dailyemerald.com. Our website has a nice little bar on the side where you can listen on our website. You can also go to SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, or probably wherever else you get your podcasts and listen to them on there. You can also go to our website, uh, for our written content where you can read all about 
all the all of Oregon sports. Uh, we cover all of them. For more content, you can go there, and um, we'll be having more basketball, men's basketball, women's basketball, as that is really picking up now and starting to get uh, fully into that non-conference. We'll have podcasts uh, throughout the season as well on those. Yeah, I'm heading to go cover Buffalo, Oregon women's basketball. Exactly. So both teams, you know, top 25 teams, women top five. So we'll have those podcasts throughout the year. Uh, We will also do one more football season wrap podcast and bowl preview, which I predict will be the Red Box Bowl, but we'll see. I'm assuming they're beating Oregon State. Thank you for listening. I am praying that the media buffet is not Thanksgiving food because I will have a ton of Thanksgiving food on Thursday with me familia. And then if it's more gravy and stuff, I'm just going to be, my blood will probably be gravy at that point And I don't want more, but I guarantee you it will be, it'll be, it'll be, you know what? Everybody bring, all the media members bring Thanksgiving leftovers. That would be swell. And we all just have a jolly good time, even though I just complained about more Thanksgiving food. See, now you're just hungry for Can Thanksgiving Can we just do, food. like, tacos? That's what they do at Autzen, like, half the season. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it works. You can, you can customize, you can customize your a taco. taco, like, almost however you want. Yeah. You know, hard shell, soft shell. Uh, Are we still going beef, on about food chicken. right now? Then you can customize cheese, lettuce. It's lunchtime, pico. Jack. You're making me hungry. Yeah. Well, this is what the viewers want. Or listeners. Uh, listeners in this case. If you're viewing, you could be since there's literally a glass window right there out to the world. Um, Great. Wrap this up, Jack. Are you sure? Yeah. You don't want to talk more about Oregon Dude, State? you got me too hungry now. <laughs> Well, if you've listened this far uh, again, thank you. Don't know why, but thank you. How about the band playing Mo Bamba? Yeah, can, they actually I can get on board with that. They actually got one right for once. I can get on board with that. We'll ask Mosley how he feels about that. <laughs> Checks over stripes. Don't look at me like that. Like I'm in a zoo. That's what I'm going to yell at somebody when they look like, I am not an animal in a zoo.